Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY20 President-Elect of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes or Spotify and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Brandy Dessauer, Integrated Supply Chain Manager at Dow. Brandy graduated from Louisiana State University in 2003 with a bachelor's in chemical engineering. She has held roles in process design engineering, ERP project management, and supply chain. In her current role, she is leading a team of employees located in both Houston and Beijing. Her team is responsible for the ordering, planning, and shipping of polyethylene catalysts around the world. Brandy is also the SWE CPC leader for Dow and on the North America steering team for the women's ERG. She's married to Mike, who also works for Dow, and has two daughters, Julia and Madeline, who are three and four years old. Thanks for joining us today, Brandy. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what initially sparked or inspired your interest in STEM? Yeah, um, so when I grew up in New Orleans, um, I, I went to an all-girls high school, and I just found myself falling in love with math and science. Um, my favorite shows were actually uh, Bill Nye, the Science Guy, and Mr. Wizard, if any of you remember those shows. And I always yeah, just to wanted love? to be an inventor. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, always told my, I always told my parents I wanted to be an inventor in some way. I was tinkering around with stuff in the garage and um, trying to take my pens apart in class and put them back together and just trying to make ways to... Uh, find ways to make things more efficient. My dad actually worked as a pipe fitter in the oil field industry on the Gulf Coast. And one day he came to me and he said, you know, I really think you'd be a, a great engineer. I was, you know, come from a family where no one had graduated from college at that point. And he just said, I, I think this is a good fit for you. Why don't you come in to the field and, and take a look? And he showed me around, he showed me the pipes and the process equipment and the PNIDs, and I talked to some of the engineers, and I just fell in love. So I, you know, went to my high school guidance counselor and said, hey, I think I want to be an engineer. Let's talk about schools and what I need to do. And she said, oh, honey, girls can't be engineers. Ugh. And maybe you should try, right? <laughs> maybe you should try the medical profession instead. Well, me being a 17-year-old, I said, uh, okay, <laughs> guess I can't be an engineer. Um, I went to LSU as a kinesiology major and was going to be a physical therapist. And my first chem chemistry class, I met another woman who was in chemical engineering. 
And I said, oh, no way. I have to do this. I went straight to the counselor's office, changed my major, and and that's it. Um, and I loved it ever since. Well, I'm glad you had such an intervention so early in your academic career that it didn't slow you down and that you, you didn't um, continue on a path that wasn't the one of your passion. So yeah, me too. What are your uh, professional and society goals as the SWE leader for Dow? Yeah, so um, that you know, I've been the SWE leader for Dow for a year now, and I've been on my SWE journey actually for only two. Um, so, so Dow in the past had only um, focused on North America and primarily uh, recruiting, and when I came in, I realized that there was a lot more to SWE than just recruiting. There's a lot of professional development. There's this podcast, there's um, trainings and courses and networks to be a part of. And, and I saw that there was opportunity for Dow to be a part of that. So I've really been striving over the last year to have Dow get more connected in the SWE local chapters, um, to have Dow have a bigger presence at the SWE conference. And last year we actually had our largest contingency at this at the SWE conference in um, in Anaheim. Awesome. I also want to see, yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, I also want to see Dow expand it globally because there's so much and Dow has this global women's inclusion network, right? And we're a global company. We have a lot of work to do in um, the inclusion space for women. And with the SWE global affiliates, I want Dow to start expanding, um, using the SWE materials, getting involved, and, and really take full advantage of this CPC partnership that we have. And SWE wants you to do that as well. <laughs> Great, yeah. So I could talk a little bit about my, you know, how I got involved with SWE two years ago, because a lot of people got involved in college. I didn't. Um, I don't even think I knew that SWE existed when I was in college. And I was invited to participate in the SWE and Smith College Specialist to Strategist program two years ago. And it it was an eye-opening experience. It really shifted the way that I thought about my talents and and my strengths and instead of thinking of some of these things that make us like inherently you know women or feminine right we we like to bring people together we um for me i always like to talk to people and i'm the crazy person in line that reaches out and starts a conversation <laughs> and i always was a little self-conscious of that it made it made me think that i wasn't as serious of a leader or an engineer and and in that course, it really showed me how, hey, this is a strength. This is something that you can use to build teams and inspire people and bring people together and have high performing teams. So um, just having that mind shift of you don't have to be, um, I guess, you know, worried about or hiding what who you are and you can take that and use it as your strength. And, and put it into your work every day. I mean, that's really what an inclusive culture is all about. And that's what we're trying to strive for. Yeah, definitely. I agree that people can do their best work when they can bring their full authentic selves. And so you mentioned um, previously doing some, some work uh, with local sections. Um, I understand you've been 
doing things with the SWE Houston area chapter where you live? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great chapter, very active, um, and and I've really been trying to get myself and Dow more integrated into the chapter. Um, we uh, we do a lot of um, sponsorships and uh, and and giving talks for local SWE events. And it's really been great for me to build a network, whether it's, you know, inside the company or outside the company. I've been able to make some connections and have some mentors and peers to just bounce ideas off of when when I need help. And in the past, before SWE, I only had that network inside of Dow, which is great, right? It's great to have people to talk to who understand the culture, understand the work. But when you start expanding that to people who are outside of your company, you get this new perspective of different kinds of cultures and work that really helps build your strategy or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And it's been really beneficial for me at a local level. That's great to hear. Yeah. So what changes would you like to see happen over the course of your time with Dow? Oh, boy. Um, a lot, a lot. you know, whether it's inside or outside of Dow, I think there's a lot for us to do when it comes to um, women's uh, inclusion and, and growth as leaders within companies. But when we talk about, you know, inside of Dow, I really want to see the women at Dow start advocating for themselves more. And especially as we've seen in this COVID environment where we've had our kids come home and not have access to all of the resources and schools and daycares that we normally have. You know, I really want the women to challenge some of these cultural norms that we have and the status quo. I want them to really ask for what they need, right? Um, if you need to have flexible work hours and if you need to have more lead time on a project, advocate for yourself and say, hey, look, I'm going to get this done, but here's some other things that I have to do first and and I'll get it done on this date. And also, I really want them to stay true to their purpose and values, whatever that might be. You know, for me, my purpose and, and values are being a mother and and being a leader and trying to find a way to to do both of those things and and thrive at both of those things and help others and lift them up and and have them be able to find a way to make that work and have more of a, let's say, work-life harmony, because let's be honest, it's not really a balance. <laughs> it shifts from time to time. <laughs> Definitely not. I like I like that harmony. My, you know, one of my backgrounds is in, I have a degree in music in addition to engineering. So harmony is perfect because that implies those two things are happening at the same time, which they always are. So... Oh, I love that. You just let <laughs> me really go good. a little music geek on you. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, that's great. And I mean, that's really what it's, it's like a dance. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's really trying to, to ebb and flow and make those things work. And, you know, um, at Dow and I know at other companies, we have this culture of overwork, right? We see it in our surveys, our employees say they're stressed, they're overworked, right? And, and, you know, we see where there's that culture of busyness plus office hours plus hours online, you know, that equals performance. Well, I want to challenge that, right? I remember my first day coming back from maternity leave and I was just completely overwhelmed. I remember thinking, 
oh my God, how am I going to do this? There's no way. Right. And I had to get up in the morning and get another human being up and ready and take them to daycare. And then I had to get to work for seven for a meeting and, and get prepared. And then I couldn't stay late. Like I used to daycare closes at a certain time. So I had to figure out how to make that work. And, you know, we see a lot of women and, you know, myself included that start thinking about, oh, I'm going to have a family. I need to go on the mom track, right? What's the mom track? That's where, you know, you go into an easier job where you don't have as much um, responsibility or pressure, or stress, right? And I almost did that. And I had a leader and a sponsor, a DAO, who actually came to me and said, no way, I'm not letting you do that. I was like, no, no, I need, I need to go on the mom track. And he said, you don't even have a kid yet. You're not even pregnant yet. What are you doing? And <laughs> good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. And he said, you don't know how this is going to play out. And I said, well, I don't know, but everyone tells me I need to get a mom track. And so he said, no, you're going to take a job and you're going to, you're going to put everything into it and however life plays out. I'd rather have you in that job for that amount of time than have someone else who doesn't have the same skill set or passion as you do. And when life comes along and you start your family, we'll figure it out. I'd rather have you in that job for seven months than have somebody else in it for 12. And I, I can't tell you what that did for me. You know, it really put me on a different path and I wouldn't have been as excited and motivated in my job if I would have taken something less challenging because that really makes me who I am, you know? Right. Definitely. And I, I hear you on that culture of overwork. It's so easy to get into that, to be so worried about what you have to do next. But sometimes the best next action you can take is to do something for yourself, to take that break, to reset you, to be able to perform at your best. Yeah, absolutely. And and, you know, the, the other thing is um, some of these jobs, right, you might have somebody in them that is really putting a lot of hours in. Like, you know, you might see somebody um, working until all hours of the night and then coming back in first thing in the morning. And I've been in the situation before and I I get into that role and I start getting nervous about, am I going to have time to spend with my family? You know, like I have a three and a four year old and a husband who also works and usually travels. And when I come into these new positions, like the one that I'm in now, I start trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the work that needs to get done, right? There's gonna be crises. I'm in one right now with the COVID situation and, and being in supply chain, but, um, but on a regular basis, you know, try to find the work that needs to be done, try to find the, the work that, um, is the highest priority. Build a team around you that really helps get things done more effectively and efficiently. And um, you know, as as a mom, I outsource a lot. I outsource just about everything, whether it's birthday parties or um, or you know, presents or whatever. I I try to outsource as much as I can because I've learned that. I'd rather spend the time with my kids and and really, you know, have quality time with them instead of stressing myself out over putting things together with whatever the latest on Pinterest is, you know, um, and 
And they usually are only interested in the box that it came in or the gift bag. They don't even really care about <laughs> what it so was. That's so true. You know, you've mentioned a couple times as we've been talking, you know, the COVID situation definitely we're all dealing with and this this being a mom. And I know we're all having challenges um, being professionals and getting the work done, working from home, caring for our families in this pandemic backdrop. Um, can you talk personally about what you have done and how you've navigated through this situation so far? Yeah, I mean, it has been one heck of a year, right? And uh, yep. <laughs> that's that's an understatement, I'm sure. And um, I am figuring things out just like everyone else every single day. And I've been on, it's been a roller coaster, you know, like I, I tell people all the time when they ask how I'm doing, I say about six days a week are good, right? I'm feeling good. I'm getting work done. I'm hanging out with the kids. Everything's fine. But then there's that one day every single week, and I don't know when it's going to hit me, but I'll cry and I'll start freaking out about everything that's going on. And then I pull myself together. It's like, all right, Brandy, you know, let's uh, let's get focused and, and pick yourself up. But it's nice to have that one day where I just kind of let it out, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess talking a little bit more about it, you know, uh, okay, freak out mode. How do you get things done? And so I lead a team that's uh, located in both Beijing and, and Houston. So I've been handling this COVID situation since it started back in January in China. And it's caused some monumental challenges with the supply chains um, everywhere. So my team is stressed, right? I had my team in China having to stay at home. I have now my team in Houston that's having to work from home. I've got a three and a four-year-old who lost their, their daycare um, to being closed. And my husband's also working from home and he has a heavy workload. So, you know, we were, we were really in this. And so, you know, this is my reality. And I want to say, you know, this is my reality. I've recognized that everyone's COVID story is very different, right? I'm very fortunate to still have my job, my health and a support system around me. But I know that there are many of you out there who are listening to this who, you know, you might not have all of those things. And some of you are probably very overwhelmed with the situation. Um, so I just want you to know that I see you. I think about you in these situations very often. And it doesn't matter what your COVID story is. Just know that we're all doing our best. And we're going to get through it together. And I'm hoping some of these tips work for you. Um, so I've got some, I've got some tips, right? And so awesome. when I found out, yeah, yeah, I'll share my tips. <laughs> um, so I, when I found out that the daycares were closed, I went into full on engineer mode. I said, okay, daycare is closed. What are we going to do? I know I need to get some work done during the day. Houston still had uh, allowed people to travel to other people's homes for, for childcare. That was an exempt part of our stay at home orders. And so I contacted one of our, our trusted sitters, who's also a substitute teacher. And I said, Hey, can you come here from eight to two every day, take the kids, continue to teach them, keep them on a schedule, 
have some normalcy around here and put them down for a nap. And then hopefully I'll get 75% worth of a work day done. And so she said, sure, she's been coming. She's still, she's here right now. <laughs> she, she's been coming since the middle of March. And it has really helped my husband and I's uh, sanity and been able to get some work done. But I recognize that that's not available for everyone, right? Um, and, and me and my husband, we really try to have a true partnership. And so every night we look at our calendars, we say, okay, you know, who has a seven o'clock in the morning meeting? All right. One of us does. The other one takes the morning shift with the kids and the other one takes the afternoon shift. So we're constantly working in shifts, readjusting as we need to, putting it on our calendars and, and really just trying to uh, make the most of the situation. So, um, what advice would you uh, give to others who are trying to find harmony during this time? Yeah, um, you know, I, I've, I've got some tips. I, I can share those with you. I hope that maybe at least one of these resonates with you and, and you, can, you can take it as you need. Um, working from home, for those of you who are still working from home, I mean, it's not as easy or as glamorous as it might seem. Um, and my previous job at Dow, I actually worked from home. It was my, I had a virtual role where I worked from home for a year and a half. And at first I thought, oh, it's great. I'm going to be in my pajamas all day. And I can Yeah, it's great for two days. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's great and for then, like two days. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, um, after that, it really starts getting, at least on, you know, for me, it, it really starts weighing on. Uh, my ability to do work if I'm just sitting around in my pajamas and, and not getting myself ready. So I think first and foremost, it's really important to set a schedule. So I get up in the morning, I take a shower, I still fix my hair, put on my makeup, probably just for the sake of all of the video conferencing that I'm having to do. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't do the, quite that much, but yeah, I, I, I get up and take a shower part. I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know. We're all, we're all on a different spectrum, right? And, yep, yep. And, and so find your schedule, find what works for you and, uh, and try to stick with that. And so it's, and when you're at home, it's really easy to just kind of sink into this. My work is at home and my home is at work kind of thing. And so try to set some sort of routine. So like for me, I sit next to this big window and in the morning I have this little, ritual that I do. I raise the shade and I say office open. And then at the end of the workday, I lower the shade and close my computer and really try to step away. And, and that helps me to create those boundaries that we need to, um, to be able to not let the two seep into each other and just walk by and send an email or two, you know? That's a great idea. I'm good at opening the office and I'm not very good at closing it. Oh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, it takes, I might try that. Like close, fun. close the window shade. I like that. That's a, that's a good idea. I might try that today. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I even thought about getting like a little, you know, open and close <laughs> business sign <laughs> just to remind myself. <laughs> you can make that an art activity for the girls. Oh, that's a great idea. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, will do. Cause you can't see we're not on video, right? We're on a podcast. And I actually have a lot of artwork for my kids just over my shoulder. So that's a great point. I'll have to do that. So 
So some other things that you can do, you know, get dressed. I, you know, I miss my clothes. I miss going into the office. So maybe I just put on a nice shirt and some shorts, um, but it, it helps boost my mood. And maybe there's something like that, that, that does the same sort of thing for you. Um, the third thing is just recognizing that this isn't normal and that's okay. You know, we hear people say you're working from home and you should be able to um, have the same amount of output as if you're in the office. Okay, great. Um, but let's recognize the fact that we're not just working from home, we're working from home during a global pandemic. And now there's, you know, things going on in the US that are civil unrest. And so a lot of people are distracted and, and give yourself some space to just recognize that, take the time that you need, read the news or whatever it is you need to do to process it, and then come back to work and sit down and, and try to get your work done. But just recognize that there's a lot of things going on around us that, that are distracting and that's fine. Um, you'll, get, you'll get your work done. <laughs> so the fourth thing is to get moving, right? So in some way, get out of the house. Like don't just sit in your chair all day. It's so easy to do when you're not in the office and just organically getting up and talking to people and going to meetings. Um, go outside, walk your dog go sit on the porch for a little bit with your cat, um, go, go work out, you know? So like I said before, I'm from new Orleans and I lived and worked through hurricane Katrina. And during that time I had all this newfound anxiety that I never had before going through something like that. And I just started putting on music and my headphones and I would just go out for a run never ran before. I was like Forrest Gump. I didn't know where I was going. I was just going for a run. <laughs> nice. That'll be a, an old school reference for some of the our younger listeners. Uh, right. A good one, though. It's a good one. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go watch Forrest Gump. You've got a plenty. You've got plenty of time in your hands. Go watch the movie. Great movie. Well, you don't have plenty of time on your hands per all the other stuff that you've said. But if you need a break, it's yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So get up, get moving. It'll boost your endorphins. Um, the the fifth thing that I'll say is, you know, it's it's so important to get help if um, if you recognize that you're not feeling like yourself. Um, or you're recognizing that someone that you know or work with isn't being themselves, you know, reach out and, and get help. There's there's really no shame in, in talking to a professional therapist to to talk through all the things you're feeling and, and try to find some some mechanisms and, and tools to, to navigate with whatever you're struggling with. And so I know our company has an employee assistance program. I hope your company does as well. And uh, these are definitely excellent programs to use. And the yeah, last thing mine, that I'll mine say- Mine definitely does too. And I, I just for our collegiate members who might be listening, a lot of times there are resources through your universities as well. Yes, thank you. Yes, please use those resources. And so the last thing I'll, I'll leave you with on, on this topic is, is try to think of one thing every day that makes you happy, right? Put a reminder, whether it's a post-it note on your, on your computer, on your refrigerator, some place that you go to often, um, try to think of what makes you happy. It might be hard, you know, um, there's a lot, like I said, going on, um, but, but really try to find one thing. And for me, you know, I'll share my thing that makes me happy every day is 
not having to sit in traffic to commute back and forth to the office and being able to spend that time with my kids and actually make them pancakes, you know, in the morning. And I get to hang out with my husband more because neither of us have traveled in the last few months. Um, and it's really, really nice. And, and I'm thankful for that every day. Um, and I'm going to miss it when we get back to normalcy. Definitely. Well, um, kind of turning this back to, to, to our listeners a little bit, what, um, if you could give any one piece of advice to current engineers who are looking to move up into the leadership ranks, what would that be? Yeah. Um, my biggest piece of advice is just don't give up, you know, be true to yourself. Um, be true to your, your values, be true to your purpose, you know, and, and I really want to speak to those who are just graduating from college or, or looking to graduate from college. And maybe you're finding yourself navigating through this very difficult job market. Please don't give up. So for some perspective, I graduated in 2003. It was a very difficult year for, for graduates. I remember in my chemical engineering class, there, there were only about 60 or 70% of us that had jobs. And it might've been lower than that, actually. Um, we started going into the lab and posting our rejection letters from companies on the wall <laughs> just to, you know, have solidarity together and, and really loves try company. to make light of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Misery loves company. Exactly. And, you know, I got laid off of my co-op. I got a pink slip from my co-op and who knew that that was even something that could happen. And Dow at the time actually had a hiring freeze. And so my plan was I'm going to finish this co-op. I'm going to go work for Dow. Life's going to be great. I'm going to do all the things that I studied and wanted to do. And it ended up being okay, I have to take whatever jobs available. So I started interviewing with companies I'd never even heard of, um, got a job offer in, in Greenville, Mississippi, making um, ceiling tile. Not much chemical processing goes into making ceiling tile. And at, at first, you know, I, I was really, um, I was really bummed out about not being able to do all the things that I was excited about um, applying my my studies to. And and what I want to say to everyone out there listening is even if it's not in your plan, make sure you immerse yourself in whatever job it is and whatever culture you're around and and take that opportunity as a learning because it can really mold you into the person that you will become. And what I mean by that is this job that I had, I was actually the first female engineer to work at this plant in 2003. And there wasn't even a women's bathroom in the plant. I One of my projects was to build a women's bathroom and to have that wow. perspective. Yeah, I know, right? Um, That's not chemical processing so, either, by the way. <laughs> No, there are pipes. Sure, there's pipes. <laughs> there's <laughs> fluids flowing through the pipes, but it is not chemical processing by any means. <laughs> Maybe project management, but that's right. that's the extent right, right, of right. it. Um, but it really gave me that perspective of 
um, what it's like to come into a place that had not had the culture of inclusion or having a woman there. And that is something that I have taken with me since then. And, and the other thing that I'll mention is living in that city, right? I had grown up in the suburbs of New Orleans and, and living in Greenville, Mississippi, which has, um, it's a majority African-American population and really put under a microscope um, a lot of the, the things that we're seeing um, in the news today, right? And, and seeing that in the workplace and seeing it in the community that I lived in completely changed who I am and has made me an active ally and advocate for inclusion and diversity in, in many different ways. Um, and had I not been shifted down that path, I would definitely not be the person um, that I am and doing the things that I'm doing and, and being the leader and having the leadership style that I do. Um, so, so yeah, it was, you know, so, so don't give up, find things to do, do them well, live your purpose and just don't give up on it because it'll lead to great things down the road. That sounds like that is great advice. Um, Brandy Dessauer, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today and for providing some really valuable insight for our current and future engineers and leaders. Thank you, Heather, for the opportunity. Absolutely. For everybody out there, for, um, I'm Heather Doty. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening.